Hello, and welcome to Daughters Who Dare. Join me, Erin, your host, and my lovely guest as we say goodbye to 2023 and welcome in the new year of 2024. Here's wishing all of you a year filled with many good things, much love, and even more laughter. And as always, we will dive deep into what it means to be a child of a narcissistic parent. While each episode covers a different subject, know that every episode will be crammed with honesty, humor, and hope. So sit back and relax. Let's do this. So in this episode, I am joined once again by my lovely guest, Beth. Hello. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about the idea that we, well, I think we all, I say we all, but is it everyone, spends a lifetime soul searching or looking for answers to so many questions. Absolutely. I have a feeling I'm probably worse than most people, if I have to be (laughs) honest, because I feel like there are some people that can happily obliviously walk on this earth Mm -hmm. without being bothered by all the questions that happen to clutter up their brain. I seem to be the other person who needs to find an answer for each and every one of them, no Mm -hmm. matter how long and hard that is. I mean, it makes me laugh because nowadays with the whole idea of smartphones and everything, tell me I'm not the only person that I will be watching a game show. This is pathetic. (laughs) And they'll be asking a question and I am trying to beat the show by googling the answer before it actually comes up or another one of my favorite things to do is I'll be watching a film and being that I can no longer recall as quickly and readily and successfully as I used to Mm -hmm. and I'll be like who is that I'm I'm sure I've seen her every time so instead of you know ringing a friend or whatever we used to do in the past i'll just google it and be like oh yeah that's who that is and oh yeah these are the other six films she's been in recently and blah 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 (laughs) or like the fact that we can even cheat or not we but like students how they have to be told they're not to bring their smartphones into exams because how easy would it be to, to get cheat. all the answers. Yeah, you can get yeah. all the answers. So whether it was back in the age of dinosaurs when I was around yeah. and the fact that we couldn't have any of these facilities and ease, that's what it is, the yeah. ease to find the answers, we all still look. And I feel like, I really do, and I, and I could be wrong because I really haven't literally asked this question to a lot of people, but I do feel like I've done an enormous amount of soul searching. And I think it's probably because of all the questions that I do have or had Mm -hmm. about the whole being brought up by a narcissistic parent. So I think the admitting that we all look for answers and everything is the easy part. But the second part of that is, be surprised, the answers. And I think that is because we don't always want to hear the answers that we do find or that we're given or that we read. For instance, okay, let's all be surprised that if we have like a little bump on my neck, like I do have now, I went from, this is just a little bump that I'm playing with, with my little finger while I'm watching something on the television to let's just Google it and see what that has to say. And of course, no matter what you type in, (laughs) whether it's a little bump on your neck or a rash on your ankle or Or yeah, headache, 
it goes immediately to you might as well write out your will and choose your coffin because, because life is over. Concert. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes it's almost easier looking for the answers than it is to actually receiving them. Yeah. Because as I said, we don't always want to hear the answers or be given the answers that we are given. Having said all of that, as I keep saying over and over again, whether they are the answers that we want or not, Mm-hmm. I think the thing about normal questions, <laughs> whatever that means, <laughs> it when you get the answers, it kind of puts a full stop at the end of that sentence yeah. or question. So it is the complete thing. It's done. Like you've asked the question, you've got the answer, you, you move, move on. on. Yeah. yeah. Turn the page, change the channel, watch the next film or whatever it is. But as children of narcissistic parents, we could all sing from the same song sheet (laughs) that we ask the same questions over and over and over. And it just reminds me as a parent, it reminds me of that phase. I want to say they're like between two and three when no matter how many times I gave the answer, the question was always, Why? 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 So you think, but I just told you why. I just gave you the answer. And sometimes as a child of a narcissist, in that way, that questioning, the asking these same questions over and over again, Mm -hmm. that's when I feel I am very aware of my inner child. I'm very aware of that young girl who can't seem to get a sufficient answer or understanding or clarification. It just, and and, you know, we've discussed this before, like because we didn't have the internet or whatever, even if I could have read (laughs) the answers on my smartphone screen or my laptop screen, whatever it was, even if I could have read endless suggestions or definitions, somehow all of that information is just that information. It didn't really give me the answer. It wasn't sufficient. And I think some of the questions and my God, this list could go on and on to the point of putting all of our listeners to sleep (laughs) if they're not already. Um, but the ones that come to my mind are things like, why did she choose me? Or one of my favorite why just me and mm-hmm. not the others? Yeah. Or do you know what? Did she enjoy being mean? Or hmm, why did she keep finding new ways to make me feel unloved or unlovable? Or one of my other all-time favorites is, why didn't she protect me? Or one I still ask, how can she sleep at night knowing <laughs> all that she said and did? So are there any other questions you'd like to add to that? That last one <laughs> definitely is, yeah. How can they sleep at night? Because they just don't see it as we do, I guess. They just see it as just another Tuesday. And to us, it was one of, you know, many, many different days were the worst days of our lives over and over again. So, And yeah. I think for me, part of this questions is, and I, I there's this thing that says, a quote that says, if you do it once, it's a mistake. Hmm. More than once, it's a choice. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't understand a narcissistic relationship, and especially with a parent, which adds 5 billion more layers and depth and everything else to it, yeah. 
the fact that like when I look at these questions and I just think, but she didn't do it just once. She didn't say that just once. So it wasn't a mistake. So you can almost forgive or understand because we've all done it. We've yeah. all blurted things out that we weren't proud of. We've all must have called somebody a name that we wish we could take back. Oh, absolutely. So that I understand, especially in the heat of a moment where you think, oh gosh, I wish I hadn't said that, or I am so sorry I called you that, or whatever it is, we're mm -hmm. all accountable for that, for sure. But when I look at these questions and think, this wasn't just a once and done episode. This wasn't a... I provoked her, therefore she responded in this way, or, oh, I took her off guard, therefore she reacted in this way. Yeah, because you are just trying to find any logical reason as to why someone would treat someone like this. And I think you're never going to, as horrible as that is, I've still not accepted it, but we're never going to have an answer to that. And thank God, because why would we want to be in the place of the person that would do such horrible? Because it's, like you say, it does add another few layers because it's who could do that to someone who could do that to a child who could do that to their own child like of course we're going to be asking all of these questions desperately hanging on for an answer because it doesn't make any sense no and I think Beth like for me now that I've been parenting for almost 29 years and I think no parenting isn't easy. God knows parenting yeah. is never easy. And I think about the choices that I had to make and have to make, not just on a daily basis, but many times of every day, whether that's how I respond yeah. to a text message or how I have a very heated, reasonable conversation with one of my grown children and thinking about how I'm choosing my words very, very carefully, or whether it's, I don't know, whether we've had really, really tough conversations, which I have had many, mm -hmm. or whether it was an incident where something got broken that was very sentimental to me yeah. in the house. And I think I have had endless opportunities as a mother to say things that I would say are, I would not use the word inappropriate because I don't think I've ever done that hand on heart, but unacceptable in the moment, yes, we're human. But I can say without a shadow of a doubt that when I look at that list of questions, I haven't done, I haven't done any of those things. Mm -mm. You know, I haven't chosen to be mean to my children. I haven't chosen or gone out of my way to belittle them or body shame them or affect any way their self-esteem or their self-worth intentionally. I'm not saying I never made them feel that way. That's for them to decide. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't tell them <laughs> I never did that. In my memory, I have never intentionally done any of those things to my children. And if they would come to me to this day and say, when I was blah, 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 you did this. We, I would be more than happy to have an open, honest conversation about that. And if it turns out that I have done whatever, I will gladly hold my hand in the air and say, I did that. 
not if I did that, I apologize mm -hmm. for that. I would say, I did that. I own that. Please, can you accept my forgiveness? Uh, my apology for that. Please, can you forgive me for that? Yeah. And I am sorry that I did that to you. So that's the difference. I, I just think about all the people listening right now. Like, I think it's a matter of knowing that it doesn't have to be the same. That's why these questions keep coming up. And the fact that I have been a parent for nearly 29 years mm -hmm. almost has made these questions as if someone's taken the biggest freaking highlighter, like the size of an adult elephant and <laughs> highlighted these questions because I've been in so many similar situations that my parents would have been with me yeah. And yet I can say that how easy it was for me to make different choices. Mm -hmm. It was, it was easy for me. I could not look at one of my children and let words come out of my mouth that belittled them in any way or calling them names, even with a hint of sarcasm or pretending to be jesting or joking about it. Those words would not come out of my mouth. They have not come out of my mouth to this day because I know how those words feel. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's why these questions almost feel like some days, I mean, I'm not going to, it's not every single day, but if I'm being honest, it's like if you're driving along on a highway and you're seeing billboard after billboard after billboard, you know, people advertising, whatever it is they're advertising. Some days it feels like those questions are those billboards. And it's like, okay, in such and such a miles and this, you know, up here on the left. And I think, please, can somebody just get me there and get me the answer yeah. that I've been looking for for decades. You know, it's not just for 10 minutes. Mm -mm. I haven't been scrolling through my smartphone for an hour trying to find the answer. I have been looking in every pocket of the universe, it feels like, mm -hmm. to try to find the answers to some of these questions. I don't know, do you feel the same? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm still, like with many other things, still deep in trying to... I mean, for me, more, I, I haven't accepted that I won't get answers, but I know logically that I won't get the answers. And even if I do, I have to be okay with not getting the answers regardless. Because I know, I mean, we know this, narcissists don't change. I was, you know, I was aware of that from a very, very, very young age. It's just how it is. And I think what's hard is that most times in life, like let's say for instance, you're, you're having an issue in your relationship, okay, with your partner. Oftentimes, especially as women, and that's not being sexist, it's just a thing I know for a fact, <laughs> that most women, we will turn turn to our friends, our closest friends and say, right, this is what's happening right now. This is what he or she is doing. What would you suggest? And I just had this conversation with friends the other day. You know, there, she was saying that they're in a bad patch at the moment. They're not really liking each other that much in the moment. What would you suggest we do? You've been married a lot longer than we have. And I will say to her, I'm happy to give you my advice. I'm happy to give you suggestions, yeah. but please just know that, that they're just that. I don't claim to have all the answers. 
I don't claim to have the perfect marriage or I'm not the perfect mom, but well. this is what I would su- <laughs> well, but this is what I would suggest. But I think what's frustrating and can be really soul destroying at times, especially when you're in your darkest chapters of mm-hmm. this soul searching is that you don't want to ask anybody because these friends how are they going to have, they wouldn't have the answers. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you don't want to talk about it. You don't want it to admit it. We don't want other people to think we're crazy. If I brought up (laughs) some of these scenarios, when I think about my childhood and not even just my childhood, who am I kidding? Even my adulthood, even my now, Mm -hmm. even my present, even today, if I told some people or explained some of the scenarios or some of the events that had happened, I just, even as the words are coming out of my mouth, they sound absurd. Yep. They sound unbelievable. It sounds like something that I've written for a Hollywood blockbuster. I'm not being funny. So instead of asking other people, who do I ask? Who do you ask? Myself. Yeah. So you end up saying, like, (laughs) literally having conversations with ourselves. I'm asking myself the questions. I, I can literally, I mean, I can visualize situations in my own life after a conversation or after a certain event. And I can, and I would even say it out loud. I would be talking to myself out loud, just like I do now and say like, why did she say that to me? Why did she call me that? Why did she do that to me? And so instead of getting answers or even more importantly, wisdom Mm -hmm. from other people, who could help me navigate my way through this storm, the only voices that I was hearing throughout most of my life would have been myself Mm -hmm. coming up with my own answers because that's what I did or surprise, surprise hers. Oh, always. I still have that. Yeah. So when you're hearing her voice answering all of those questions, whether that's from her mouth, because in my case, for most of the last 36 years, with a very few exceptions, Mm -hmm. it would be in my head, I would be hearing her voice. I mean, those answers would be on a loop. Every time I asked the question, whatever that question was, I would hear the exact same answer on a loop. And why is that? It's funny because I can think of a situation when I was at university and it was the, once again, I keep going back to the olden days, but I'm sorry. It was true (laughs) that when we lived on the hall of residence and it was one phone, like a little phone booth closet room. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have even landlines in our rooms. So you'd hear your name being called, run down, pick up the phone. And there she was rather than hanging up the phone because I could hear it was she, Mm -hmm. I would sit there and listen to whatever she had to say. I obviously had nothing to say. You know, she would just sit there and ramble on and on saying all these, even without me having to ask the questions, she was giving me all the answers, like reminding me, you are this, you will never have friends, like Mm -hmm. all the statements and answers that I used to get even when I did ask the questions. And I would come off the phone, go back to my room, close the door, because I always left the door open, close the door, 
and weep because once again, it was just a repetition or a reminder or whatever you want to call it of the same truths. And I use that word very softly Mm -hmm. and only in reference to her truth. They were not the truth in the real definition of the word they were her truths and i think it's worth noting as well with you saying that you'd gone to college and it was over the phone people seem to think a lot of the time that the abuse stops once you're away from that person it doesn't yeah it doesn't sometimes it gets worse yeah they find different ways because that used to happen to me quite a bit when i got kicked out back into care the amount of controlling that was still happening over the phone and people you know people might say oh why don't you put the phone down you try you try going through that and putting the phone down it is a visceral reaction yeah yeah and i think it is the fact that they learn to adapt like we can't change the narcissist but by god can the narcissist change the way that they can you know they're a master in it yeah and they know you so well they know exactly what buttons to push they've created those buttons within you to push yeah and they do they do just adapt and survive they know how to get around so many different corners regardless yeah and i think the phrase that i think of up to that point and even more than that point is i listened i heard i believed yeah there was no gray it was all black and white i listened to whatever she said i heard what she said and not only did i hear it I believed every single word she said. Every time. There was no question. Like, questions didn't exist there. They existed after the fact. Yeah. Or when I was alone in my room, or when I was watching how she treated my siblings differently, (laughs) that's when the questions would arise. Or when I would see my friends with their moms and their relationships, that's when the questions would arise. Yeah. Not when she and I were having the interactions because it was always the same pattern. I listened, I heard, I believed. Every time, yeah. Every time. And I think it wasn't until I was older, and I I don't even know that I can put a finger on an age of when I got to the point where I became more comfortable sharing my story. I'm guessing probably in my early 20s because I don't really think I shared anything while I was at uni and I didn't graduate I was 21. So let's say in my early 20s, I began to share my questions. Yeah. You know, not just the stories, not just the incidents, not just the events, but I began to share my questions with people. And that was healing in and of itself to be able to literally say them out loud. So let's change that phrase from the I listened, I heard, I believed to they listened to me. Mm-hmm. They heard me. They believed me. Mm-hmm. Even just the to me, they heard me. They believed me. That was huge. Absolutely huge that for once that shifted. You know, it wasn't just that I'm sitting there hearing, listening, believing in what she called truth. It's now these people heard me and believed my truth. So that was huge. But there was one element that was missing that left it unopened, Mm -hmm. that didn't 
put the full stop at the end of the sentence. And that was, they didn't have any answers. Mm -mm. It was lovely. And it is lovely to be able to discuss those questions with people who know me and trust me and know that I'm speaking truth. But the fact that they couldn't say, oh, well, now that you've told me what those questions are here, these are the answers and hand you a piece of paper. Wouldn't that be nice? Because there's no answer (laughs) sheet. There is no answer sheet. There aren't any right answers. But like other people that you might be able to satisfy by saying, I don't know. Even Google doesn't know what the answer is to this. I don't know what the answer is. And if it's nothing earth shattering or life or death, we just get on with it. So what if you don't know the answer? It doesn't matter. You just move on. And if it comes up again, you might look again or look elsewhere. I mean, yeah, definitely. Or dig it a little bit deeper. I was going to say, absolutely. If you, if the questions are coming back up, do think about the questions. Do notice how you're feeling about it. Don't just ignore it. Like definitely do address it, but don't let it consume you. Because it doesn't help. You have to accept at some point that you're not going to get the answers And I think, like I said to you, like with normal life questions, we can move on and let it go. Like, you know, it's like, how many, you know, spoonfuls of sugar am I supposed to put into this recipe? Well, if you can't figure out exactly the answer to that, you just make it up and it might not be the best tasting thing you've ever had, but it works. Do you know what I mean? It's how it works. But when it comes to our questions, the questions that we have been asking ourselves since I have memory, I mean, that's the truth. It's been since I've had memory, even though we don't get any answers right or wrong, we don't get any answers. We keep asking them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because when you say something like when you ask the question, why did she choose me? I think because for most of my early life, I convinced myself it's because I deserved it. Yeah, absolutely. Because who was going to contradict that? Nobody in the household would have said, but no, you didn't. You didn't deserve this. This isn't your fault. Nobody was countering. And I keep going back to keep making the distinction between her truth and the real truth Mm -hmm. because they weren't distinguishable when I was, you know what I mean? Like her truth was the truth as far as I was concerned when I was a child. So what do we learn to do? If we can't get these answers, if we can't expect to get an answer sheet, can't find a cheat sheet, can't find the crib notes, can't do all these other things you can (laughs) do when you're like revising for an exam. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of the biggest steps that I had to take in my life and I'm still taking it I'm not gonna lie yeah, it still is that we have to learn to live with the questions mm-hmm. that is scary af mm-hmm. it is scary af to live with the questions because it doesn't feel nice it just doesn't it feels like you're falling off a cliff yeah. free fall not knowing what is at the bottom yeah what can you do like as far as me like when i think about what did i do in order to be able to live with the questions and stay sane and i think the other thing i need to pause again and i've said this a few times already in other episodes and maybe even in this one i think it's important for listeners to understand and i know they will uh, i know you will that it's not something that i'm thinking about talking about breathing about 24 7. I don't sit around. This does not in any way, shape or form 
define my everyday living. You know, I do not allow this to dictate my level of happiness. It never has, it never will, especially in my later years. I just want you to know that we're talking this through and making it very, it sounds almost very dramatic to some, like normal for me, because I am dramatic (laughs) for reals. (laughs) But I just think it's important to know that this isn't something that I'm having to strategize every single day. That's not the fact. It's just that when it does rear its ugly head, I have ways, I have tools that I have in place. Mm -hmm. So I just, I needed to say that before I carry on because I don't want to make it sound like I'm in the freaking game of Thrones and I'm like marching through a field with all these, whatever they're called, the night walkers or whatever, like, Mm -hmm. and dragons are coming flying at me. No, you know, normal days fine. But when this whole thing of being a child of a narcissist does rear its ugly head. What do I do then? The questions are there. Okay. I've I've accepted that. Mm -hmm. I've learned to embrace that. But what I would suggest to do, because this is what I've had to learn to do is even if you hear the words and I still do, because as I have said before, and I'll say it again, my mother was not the only narcissist that I have had to deal with and have to continue to deal with. So even if I hear the words, I listen to what they're saying because I'm not rude. You know, I will listen to what they have to say, but that's where it ends. I choose not to believe them anymore because guess what people, narcissists will keep talking. They will keep spreading the lies. They will keep shading you. They will keep turning people against you, but they cannot make you believe their truth does not have to be your truth. So my first step is I would share my stories. I will continue to share my questions with trusted individuals, right? They couldn't give me the answers. I accept that. I mean, they're not superhuman. How would they know? How would they, how can I expect them? to know the answers on other things. Yes, but not on this. Mm -mm. They didn't give me the answers, but what did they give me? Hope, courage, love, support, Mm -hmm. boxes of tissues (laughs) when I needed them or the space to scream, the space to rant, to just be me. Even when I didn't like the me that I was being, Mm -hmm. they allowed me and they sat with me and were present with me and are present with me in those moments that matters more to me than the unanswered questions. You're right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes just being able to let go of not only the questions, but of the fact that there are no answers. Mm -hmm. So eventually let's go back to the, that phrase again, eventually I could hear, I could listen, but I no longer believed And I could literally weep happy tears, proud tears when I think about that, because that changed everything, absolutely everything Mm -hmm. when you no longer believe because those words are just words. Absolutely. They're just words and can choose not to believe them. So what I've done is I have learned that I can live with the questions. Why? Because I no longer believe the lies. Amen. Amen.
Well, that's it for now. Thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you'll join us for future conversations. In addition to this podcast, you can find me and the Daughters Who Dare community on all social platforms. Please feel free to DM me on Instagram or email me at daughterswhodare at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, listen to your stories, and know your topic suggestions. I will respond to every message. I'm so grateful that you decided to come on this journey with me. Let's continue to dare together.